Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Cassie Wienis. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian, and I've been teaching and counseling clients about nutrition for the past 20 years now. And even after all this time, I still have a passion for the health benefits of eating real food. Now, for any longtime listeners out there, you know that we usually start our weekly Saturday morning radio show at 8 a.m., But you can probably guess why we're not today. Today, because of the royal wedding, we were moved to this 1 p.m. time slot. So to any new listeners out there who are tuning in because of this new time slot, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. And I'll tell you, Cara and I were not complaining when we were told (laughs) we had to go on at 1 p.m. instead of 8 a.m. We got to sleep in a little bit, so that's good. And we're happy to have all of you joining us on Dishing Up Nutrition today. Yes, good afternoon to all of our listeners. I'm Kara Carper, and we're very well rested today, aren't we, Cassie? Yes, for sure. (laughs) I'm a licensed nutritionist, and I have my master's degree in holistic health. I've been counseling and teaching at Nutritional Weight and Wellness actually for 14 years. Now, if you or your child struggle with asthma, I invite you to keep listening. We have some really interesting facts about asthma And more importantly, we're going to share some nutritional practices that you can use to reduce those asthma symptoms, which can be very, very debilitating. Absolutely. So if you're listening and you have asthma or if you have a child that has asthma, you probably know the signs and symptoms, but I'm going to name some of the more common ones for those people that might not be aware. Some of the common signs of asthma would be coughing at night. Or maybe it's not nighttime coughing, but maybe early in the morning you get those coughing bouts. That can be a sign of asthma. Wheezing, of course, is a sign of asthma. Shortness of breath would be another sign or symptom. And it's important to realize that the frequency and the severity of asthma can vary quite a lot. It can be, you know, just a little bit annoying or some people have very severe symptoms that can even be life-threatening. As a parent, I know if I had a child that with asthma, I would want to do anything that I could to figure out what was causing that asthma so that I could fix it. I'd want to know what I could do about keeping those symptoms in check. And I would ask myself, how can I help my child get rid of these terrible, scary symptoms? You know, I was just recently, I mean, you know, we have Cassie, you and I both have kids in school. And right. every once in a while, you're down at the nurse's office um, yes. for one reason or another. And um, while I was in there, several kids were coming in and getting there and doing their inhaler. There and so it just many. reminded me that it's it's very prevalent these days. It is. And, you know, you were just saying, Car, that as a parent, you would want to know what could I do to fix the problem? And that's where our mind goes right away, right? What yeah. what can I do to fix the problem? Which means let's get at the core of what's causing this. Yeah. But unfortunately, the mindset of so many Americans is what drug, either prescription or over the counter, can I get to cover up these symptoms? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mindset of a lot of doctors as well. But we're going to talk today about getting to the core of the problem 
And this is such a great topic. As many of you know, asthma is a big problem for a lot of people in this country. In fact, almost 9% of people in America have asthma. And the scary part is that number continues to climb every year. And I think it's interesting that when we look at children, more boys than girls have asthma. But then that changes in adulthood as adults, more women than men have asthma. Sometimes when a parent brings their child in to see me to do one-on-one counseling, they're hoping that if their child ate better, they would have fewer symptoms of asthma. And I always ask them, hey, have you ever thought about having everyone in your house go gluten-free just for three to four weeks to see if that's going to help reduce those asthma symptoms in your child? A lot of times we see a look of fear come across the, the face of the parents, which the is deer in the completely headlights. Yeah. understandable. I know that's it's a big thing to try gluten free, but they'll say something like, you mean I won't be able to have my toast for breakfast? And, you know, I came in for my child, not for me. So at first, many people do think that going gluten free might be a fad or you know, the first thing that jumps to their mind is, I'm going to have to give up my favorite foods, like my toast for breakfast. It's scary. I remember when I learned that we had to go gluten-free. It is, it's fear at first. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, Cara, probably for a lot of the listeners, this is new information that going gluten-free could get rid of or at least lessen your asthma symptoms. So if that is new information for you, you're probably talking back to the radio <laughs> saying, what are you dietitians saying, right? Go gluten-free <laughs> right. to, to tame down my asthma. Well, we are saying that it does work for a lot of people. And, you know, we could probably take all hour just explaining why go gluten-free, but I'll just say a couple of things. First of all, we know that the incidence of people suffering with asthma in the United States continues to rise every year. We also know that the frequency of people being diagnosed with gluten intolerance is rising every year. So right there, possibly a a correlation. Also, asthma is considered an autoimmune disease. And there are different ranges of gluten intolerance. But if you have celiac disease, that's sort of a full-blown reaction to gluten. And that is an autoimmune reaction to gluten. So Asthma and celiac disease both being autoimmune, and we know that autoimmune diseases often run in multiples, Mm -hmm. so something to think about. And there's so much research, Cassie, on, you know, that connection between autoimmune conditions and a gluten intolerance or gluten sensitivity. So there's where we have that connection. But, you know, the answer seems to be, to your question, are asthma and gluten related? And yes, According to a study published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology in April 2011, they found a definite correlation. So in other words, it's not just us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness speculating that there's a connection. There's published research showing a definite link, as Cara said, between asthma and gluten intolerance. And yet another reason to put faith in this correlation is that if we look back at history, we see that asthma-like symptoms actually started way back in the 1700s. And it's interesting to read up on this because the the documentation shows that the large majority of people that had asthma-like symptoms in the 1700s were bread bakers. So think about bread Mm -hmm. bakers, right? They were exposed 
to large amounts of flour dust, and thus many of them suffered respiratory symptoms. And you know, when you think about breathing in that wheat flour, that gluten, your your nostrils, all of that eventually gets down into your digestive tract. When you breathe things in, it's all connected, and that gets down to your throat, and then you're actually ingesting those gluten grains, or you know, these bread bakers were back in the 1700s. And this is the very first known connection, these bread bakers back in the 1700s, the very first known connection between gluten grains and asthma. That is really interesting. I I didn't know that before. But it went back that far. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we commonly see clients who have been diagnosed with one or several autoimmune disorders. Like you said, often... When people have one autoimmune disorder, they're more susceptible to acquiring another autoimmune disorder. And often in children, that autoimmune disease is asthma. And when we take clients off of gluten grains, within about three weeks, all of a sudden, the children are no longer wheezing or coughing or trying to catch their breath. So mm-hmm. in, you know, in just a matter of, I would say, two to four weeks. You see a we big can see those results. difference, especially in kids. Kids tend to heal faster than mm-hmm. us adults. And, you know, so I said earlier, it, it can be scary when you first hear that you have to go gluten free. But when you get results like this, your children are no longer wheezing, coughing, or maybe it's you yourself. It's so worth it. And I have a couple of other remarks from clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness that have gotten gluten free that I want to share because I think these Remarks can be really motivating for people out there who are kind of sitting on the fence. Here's a comment from a, I think this was a class member at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And she says, I went gluten-free and within 36 hours, my asthma symptoms were completely gone. So for her, it happened really quickly. Um, Another comment I have here, this was a gentleman that said, my nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness recommended that I go off of gluten to reduce the pain and inflammation in my knee, and I actually ended up getting a two-for-one. I went off of gluten, I got rid of my knee pain, and I was able to stop using my inhaler. Isn't that big? That is huge. And, you know, I have something I want to share, too, that I think my my 12-year-old son would say if I were to ask him about what going gluten-free has done for him. But I'll save that until we get back <laughs> from our first commercial break because we're already up to that first break. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before we go to commercial, I want to say that if you're a first-time listener and you want to listen to some of our other great topics, I want to invite you to listen to our podcasts from past Dishing Up Nutrition shows, and you can do that in a couple of ways. You could go to our website, weightandwellness.com. From there, click on Podcasts, and then click on the topic of your choice. So you can really pick and choose once you get to that podcast button. You could also download our free app, which is called Dishing Up Nutrition, and you can listen to past shows that way on your phone as well. And I'll just tell you a couple of my favorites. There's an excellent past podcast on sleep. Another one of my favorites is one we did recently on Alzheimer's disease, some fascinating information in that one. And I'll give a shameless plug for the podcast titled Going Gluten-Free with Real Food. I was a co-host on that particular show. And if you have questions for us regarding asthma today, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.
USAA goes above and beyond. I was hit by a tire in the front end of my car and did a substantial amount of damage. I could not believe how fast everything was taken care of. USAA was amazing. See how much you could save with USAA. Members paid for their participation. Back to dishing up nutrition. I'd like to share a quick personal story about just a situation that I had with some food cravings. This was before I learned that it was important for me to eat every, really every two and a half to three hours, I would say. Before you found nutritional weight and wellness. It was, it was, because I never really heard that before, (laughs) that if you have cravings for sugar or processed carbohydrates, like crackers, chips, things like that, that that could be a sign of just low blood sugar from not eating frequently enough. So when I learned this information, I started eating about every three hours throughout the day, just like magic, those cravings disappeared. And that's just because I was balancing my blood sugar. But, you know, I couldn't just eat anything every three hours. It was really important to eat a combination of protein, vegetable carbohydrates, and healthy fat every three hours. So you want to know how I feel now? (laughs) I feel great. And I don't, when I eat that way, I don't have those cravings. And your energy is better, wouldn't you say? Yes, energy, focus, everything is better. So if you are interested in learning more about how to eat that way, I mean, I would say just call our office. Call 651-699-3438 to set up an appointment and you can become free of cravings just like I did. I remember when I took my very first nutritional weight and wellness class and the teacher said, I'm going to teach you. It was a series, the six week series. I'm going to teach you how to live craving free. And I thought, whatever, you don't know my cravings, lady. I will never get rid of my cravings. Don't you think a lot and of people I think did. that? They're like, well, that might work for someone else. I bet they do. And I tell you, I had such awful cravings. It consumed so much of my day that I, I can see why looking back that I thought, no, this is always going to be a part of me. Mm-hmm. But it's not. And now mm-hmm. it's not because I eat frequently and I know what foods to choose. Right. So. Well, before we went to break, we were, oh, I was reading some comments, wasn't I? Yeah, you you gave a couple of, I guess, comments or testimonials from people who had changed their way of eating and reduced a lot of their symptoms. Yes, not just asthma, but I love the one about the gentleman that also, he got rid of his knee pain and stopped using an inhaler. And I was going to say too, um, and then we had to go to break, but I wanted to say, because I know it will help someone out there listening If I were to ask my 12-year-old son how getting gluten 100% out of his diet has helped him, he would be quick to say that going gluten-free got rid of the awful acid reflux that he struggled with for four long years until we found out the culprit. And it's certainly not just him. I've had numerous clients over the years who have successfully gotten rid of their heartburn, or sometimes we call it acid reflux, by getting gluten grains out of their diet. Mm Mm-hmm. It's completely worth trying, you know. I know it, it can sound daunting, but if you just pick a three to four week period, it's so worth it. And just shop the out. perimeter of the grocery store because yeah. it is daunting at first. And if you can just stay with real food, that makes your meal planning easier. Yeah. That's that's great advice. And not you know, not relying on gluten free bread, <laughs> gluten free right. pasta. Um, because the have, sugar, right? Because those sugar will keep in the sugar. inflammation burning. So people, you know, switching over to vegetable and fruit carbohydrates is really the best option. 
So asthma, acid reflux, knee pain, acne, ulcerative colitis, lupus, and even autism are all considered diseases that stem from chronic inflammation. And as nutritionists and dietitians, we look at how we can help clients reverse inflammation and these autoimmune conditions. We really believe that food matters. So we start with food first. If you're listening and you suffer from an autoimmune condition, any kind of inflammation is going to make your symptoms worse. So when inflammation is chronic, it can stress really anything in your body. Sometimes we think of, I think people hear inflammation and they think, oh, my knees hurt. or Joints typically, yeah, right? Yeah, tennis elbow or something like yeah. that. And while that is true, inflammation can stress other parts of the body, like the lungs. Mm-hmm. Or you chronic know? headaches. That's inflammation. Definitely. Um, acne breakouts. That's inflammation of the skin. So, so. By changing eating, we can reduce inflammation throughout the entire body. Just listening to you, Cara, it's taken me back to some of the recent classes I've taught. And you've probably gotten this before, too. But it's not uncommon when I'm teaching a class, if I mention you might want to try getting rid of the bread, going gluten-free. It's not uncommon for people to, to ask, yeah, but bread has been around like since the beginning of time. So how can it be so bad for us? Have you ever heard that? I hear that quite a bit in classes and one-on-one with clients. So we have to be prepared to answer that question. And I think there are a lot of good ways we can answer it. But sometimes I will just say, you know, the reality is today's bread is very different than the bread that our great-great-grandparents ate. And another way you could answer this question is that the bread that we eat today is even different than it is in Europe. They don't have grains that have been hybridized so much to change the the DNA makeup. So their bread is a bit more natural, I would say. And I've had clients and some class members tell me about their travels to Europe. And when they go there, oftentimes they are able to eat bread, drink the beer, and not have any bad reaction, Mm -hmm. then they come back to the United States and they try it. They eat some bread or they eat some pasta and their immune system, again, reacts terribly and that inflammation ensues. I've heard that as well. And that's a really common thing where people travel specifically to Europe is where we hear about, you know, going to France and eating the bread and not having the same kind of reaction. Right. So if you do have asthma, we recommend that you stop eating gluten grains. And so just to let you know, and if you're not familiar with gluten, gluten is a protein and it's found in certain grains. It's found in wheat, rye, barley, couscous, spelt, and kamut. And these grains, some of them are more traditional, not as very common, but all of those gluten-containing grains put stress on the body and can trigger inflammation. So to me, a simple solution to reducing that inflammation in your lungs or that inflammation in your knees that's giving you knee pain, or maybe it's your elbows or your, you know, the joints of your hand, wherever your inflammation is, a simple solution would be give up eating the bread, give up the pasta, no more cold breakfast cereal, no more muffins, no more cookies. No more any food that contains those gluten grains. Try that for six weeks. I encourage you to mark it on your calendar. Mark your start date, count out six weeks, mark your end date, 
And at the end of that six weeks, really assess and see how you feel. If you can breathe easier and those asthma symptoms have really lessened or maybe went away altogether, then your body is telling you you need to be gluten-free. I mean, really, it's not me saying, oh, I recommend that you go gluten-free. It's your body recommending it. Let your body tell you what it needs. And, you know, earlier I said that going gluten-free or giving up foods containing gluten is a simple solution. Well, what I meant by that is that it's simple to say and it's pretty straightforward but I know from experience that it's not easy. So having said that, I want to share a few more comments from some nutritional weight and wellness clients who have given up gluten because, again, these can be so motivating. We had one client simply say, I gave up gluten and now I have so much more energy. So if you're wanting more energy, maybe try giving up the gluten. Another client shared, I've lost 10 pounds since January and all I did was give up gluten. And then we had a gentleman remark, my skin is so much better. I don't have rashes on my arms and my eczema is gone. And that was all from giving up gluten. One more quick one I'm going to share and we have to go to another break. Uh, We had a mom take a weight and wellness class and then she had her whole family go gluten free. And this mom said, now that we are gluten free, my child's focus is better and she has such an easier time getting her homework done. That right there is worth it. And I have a couple more remarks to share when we get back from break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. A little bit of food for thought before we break. Kara and I realize that lifestyle habits can be difficult to change, and food habits are usually even more difficult to control and change. I mean, let's face it, there are sugary treats everywhere we go. They're at the checkout lane in the grocery store. They're at my kids' basketball games. They're at family reunions. They're at the coffee socials after mass at church. So for all of these reasons, most people need help keeping their eyes closed to these temptations. And to do this, many of our clients make monthly appointments to help them sort of keep those blinders on. If you're interested, you can give us a call at 651-699-3438 to either sign up for a class to help you resist these temptations or to come in for a one-on-one appointment. We have solutions for you, and we can help get you on the right path. If you have questions for us about asthma, the number here at the studio is 651-641-1071. Hey, Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down. Oh, didn't see that coming? Because I've always buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. (laughs) Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation taming trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived? (laughs) Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up. Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit Weight and Wellness. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, we're discussing ways that you can prevent an asthma attack. I think most people realize that the essential fatty acid called omega-3 fish oil reduces inflammation. 
So that's really important if someone has asthma. Another essential fatty acid called GLA, gamma linolenic acid, has also been found to reduce inflammation in the lungs. Many of my clients who use, we always talk about, of course, food, focusing on food first, but sometimes it's necessary to add in supplements to really reduce those asthma symptoms. So um, typically we would recommend 400 to 600 milligrams of GLA. There are other benefits of GLA as well, not just reducing asthma inflammation, but it's great for the skin. It hydrates the skin so it can actually reduce wrinkles. It's great if you have cracked heels and, you know, this time of the year cracked with summer, heels. you want to fix up those heels so you can wear exactly. your sandals. Or like, uh, we, what do we always talk chicken about? Chicken bumps the, on the, the back of your arm. skin on the back of the mm-hmm. arms mm-hmm. or and bumpy elbows. And- I had a client, have you ever had this with terrible cracked fingertips? Mm-hmm. And she started taking, she ended up doing six GLA a day, two with each meal, and it went away. Those cracked yeah, fingertips. I always think of GLA as we know it reduces overall inflammation and works for asthma. But I also think of it for being for skin, hair, and nails. So like, you know, dry hair, dry, cracked skin. Yes. Um, problems with fingernails. So both omega-3 fish oil and GLA, those supplements are available at all seven of our offices. They're also online. They can be purchased online on our website, which is weightandwellness.com. And you did mention, Cara, that at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we do always talk about food first. But wouldn't you say these are two nutrients, the omega-3 fish oils and the GLA, that are really hard for most people to get from food in Mm -hmm. adequate levels? I would definitely agree. And I think that's why so much of the population is deficient. In these, you know, we call them essential fatty acids, which means our bodies aren't making these. We We have to get them from outside sources. And quite honestly, it's hard to get enough of these from food Mm -hmm. when we have something like asthma. Right. You know, somebody like asthma, I think of as needing a a therapeutic dose of omega-3s and GLA, supplement form, which is going to be more most likely than you're going to be able to get through food. So something to think about. Before we went to break, I was sharing some more comments from nutritional weight and wellness clients. And I on that note, just one more thing I wanted to mention was if you were listening at the start of the show, I briefly mentioned that my 12 year old believes um, that it's worth it to be gluten-free. So I just wanted to bring that up again. My 12-year-old is gluten-free because then he doesn't have that terrible acid reflux anymore. So if you're suffering with heartburn or acid reflux, maybe it's time to, to try at least giving up the gluten. Now, I know full well from experience that going gluten-free is hard work at first, But as you've heard from these comments from clients that I've been reading, it can totally be worth Mm -hmm. it. And I promise you, it does get to be much easier with time to eat gluten-free. It does become second nature. Absolutely. When something is new at first, it takes a little bit more energy and time put into it. Mm -hmm. But just like anything else, like brushing your teeth, you just, you know, after probably a few months, you just kind of are... You're gluten free. You, you know, know your, what to eat. Exactly. You know your recipes. You know how to prepare. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, having two kids with celiac disease and then myself having a gluten intolerance, it's even getting to be an easier world to help my kids navigate gluten free. And I'm, I'm thinking of just last weekend, my son was invited to a, a birthday party, a 12 year old friend of his. 
And I was just over the moon happy when the mom got a hold of me and said, we're going to be completely gluten-free and dairy-free because apparently they've been doing that in the whole house for the last year for the health benefits of the daughter, the 12-year-old that was having the party. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for the first time in Riley's life, I didn't have to bring his own food to the birthday party. So it was great for me, but it was great for him, too, to just be included. So it's getting easier as more and more people find that going gluten-free for their health Mm -hmm. is worth it. And there are a lot of options for replacements. Definitely. As nutritionists and dietitians, when we're working with clients who have asthma, we always dig deeper into what's going to help their lungs function better. To function well... Your lungs need a compound. It's called lung surfactant. And that's a substance that allows the passage of air in and out of your lungs. And so we have oxygen-rich air coming in. And as we breathe in, as we inhale, we get rid of carbon dioxide as we breathe out or exhale. So it's that surfactant substance that has these are a lot of big words. words. I love it though. So this, <laughs> See, I sur- love this the is science. for all the the science people listening. The surfactant substance has phospholipids. That's just they're made up of two fatty acids, and that allows air to pass through the surfactant membrane. However, you know there can be problems with the structure of this. Here's where it gets interesting. Yes, this is where people are going to be like, okay, what are you really trying to say? When people eat trans fats that can cause problems with the surfactant structure. So in simpler terms, if you or your child are eating foods that have trans fats, which are labeled as partially hydrogenated oils or hydrogenated oils, that's going to interfere with the passage of air. So interesting. And think of how many kids are eating trans fats every day. And then think of how many kids have asthma. So this is really important to know what foods contain trans fats. French fries. Unfortunately, a lot of these foods like fries, sheet cake. Which is huge this time of year with graduations, right? All the graduations and the birthdays. Mm -hmm. Frozen pizza, a lot of those frozen meals. Store-bought cookies and just a lot of store-bought baked goods in general. If you look at the label or you ask to look at the bakery, like the sheet cake label you will see hydrogenated oil. And the lungs are going to struggle with the oxygen coming in and the carbon dioxide going out if there's a consumption of trans fats. So on the on the flip side, if we eat different fats, Cassie, like saturated fat, um, even, you know, we'll give examples. Saturated fat would be like butter, coconut oil, or even things like olive oil. That's going to help this surfactant membrane work and breathing becomes easier. See, I find all this so, so fascinating and you did a good job describing. And and that leads me right into some of the research that I was reading and preparing for the show. There are actual, actually several different studies out there showing that kids who eat butter and drink whole milk. So like you were saying, Cara, saturated fat is good for this membrane in the lungs these studies showed that kids who eat butter and drink whole fat milk, so two things, high in saturated whole fat, fat yeah. whole fat milk, they have less asthma than kids who are drinking skim milk and eating margarine. And just let me say, because I get on my soapbox about chocolate skim milk, it is served every day at my kids' school, chocolate skim milk is one of the worst beverages mm-hmm. 
that a child could drink, especially a child that has asthma. It's high in sugar, and we don't even have time today to get into how all that sugar makes your asthma worse. And it's lacking that good saturated fat that helps the lungs operate as they should. Mm -hmm. It's skim, so the fat has been removed. Right. So this might be a whole just topic of new information for listeners. Um, But just know there's a lot of research. We've done other shows talking about the importance of butter, whole milk, saturated fats when it comes to the lung tissue. Yeah. Yeah. We understand and actually we're very pleased that the FDA has banned the use of trans fats in all foods for humans. (laughs) And that's coming up around the corner as of June 18th, 2018. So now the World Health Organization released a plan to help countries wipe out trans fats from the global food supply over the next five years. Isn't that exciting? It's, it's like, exciting, but why do I get so mad? I think it because it long. should have been done 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. The United Nations Health Agency said eliminating trans fats is critical to preventing deaths worldwide. So the World Health Organization estimates that eating trans fats, which again are in baked and processed foods, leads to the death of more than 500,000 people per year from heart disease. So half a million people are thought to um, die each year because they're eating from trans trans fats fats. found in baked and processed foods. So this is really a crisis. It absolutely is. So, you know, you stated that the U.N. said eliminating trans fats is critical to preventing deaths. Another way we could say that is stop eating fast food French fries, stop eating microwave popcorn, stop eating store-bought donuts if you want to prevent death from heart disease, right? Ugh. Exactly. But yes, like you said, it is good that it's finally going to be banned, it sounds like. It's just like. frustrating that it took so but long, it like took you said. so long. We are going to take another quick commercial break and come back and talk more about this topic of asthma. But before we break, I have a question Do you need a summer tune-up? If you do, I want to invite you to attend one of our classes called Five Steps to Boost Your Metabolism. This is a one-night class, and we are offering it at several different locations here in May. On May 22nd and May 24th, it's being offered in St. Paul, two different locations in St. Paul. May 23rd, it's being offered in Maple Grove. And on May 31st, it's being offered in North Oaks. You'll get inspired, you'll get yourself back on track with good eating, and you'll start feeling great again and have great energy. And we're offering this great class, can you believe it, for a steal of a deal, only $10 for the rest of this month of May if you sign up for Five Steps to Boost Metabolism. You can call the office at 651-699-3438 to learn more or to sign up. And I would encourage you to sign up soon if you're interested because those seats are going to fill up fast. And we will be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thank goodness the fat-free starvation diets are a thing of the past. And thank goodness the FDA has finally put a ban on the use of trans fats in human food. You better be checking your pet's food. My gosh. Right, Um, I suppose. (laughs) That's the next thing. You know, and also thank goodness that there is a sensible, healthy, easy, real food plan to help you restore your health and lose some of those extra pounds you may have acquired over the winter months. During the month of June, we have eight Nutrition for Weight Loss sessions starting. 
Plus, you can always enroll in our online Nutrition for Weight Loss series anytime. You don't have to wait till June. And you can watch the online series from anywhere you like. You could do it from the lake or the cabin. I mean, assuming that you have good internet access. We really want to make it convenient for you to get healthy. So until the end of the month of May, you can save $50 when you enroll. So give our office a call today, 651-699-3438. And you can talk to our front desk staff about signing up. Or you can sign up online at weightandwellness.com. And that's just a great series, especially just kind of a, I think of it as like a spring cleaning for the body. And I think a big part of it is that it's every week. So, you know, it, it kind of helps to hold you accountable. Yes. People love the you know accountability you're checking in every week, whether they're in person or even even folks online have the Facebook support. Page. That's right. So there's another way to be connected, even if you are choosing to do that from home. Exactly. So, Cassie, we had a caller that called in over break that did not stay on air, but she had a question. So just to, if you are just tuning in or you haven't heard the whole show, we're talking about asthma today and ways to really get to the root cause so we can reduce asthma symptoms. Two things we've talked about so far are going gluten-free for four to six weeks and eliminating trans fats from the diet. So the caller had a great question. She said, you know, if I'm going to purchase a gluten-free bread, would that potentially have trans fats? And the first thing I think we should say about that is don't turn to those processed gluten-free foods too much because they turn to a lot of sugar. And that's a piece that we don't have time to get to in the show. But that sugar can continue to create inflammation in your lungs. Mm-hmm. And so you might right. not see your your asthma symptoms reducing if you go gluten-free but start buying bread and crackers and cookies that are gluten-free. That yeah. said, sometimes you need to make a sandwich to take to yeah. the kids' ball game or maybe you just want one piece of gluten-free toast every once in a while with your eggs in the morning. You and I visited about this during mm-hmm. break. I personally have never seen a brand of gluten-free bread with trans mm-hmm. fats in it. And I haven't either, but that's not to say that we people shouldn't be careful and read ingredients. Yeah, so it sure doesn't hurt to go to that ingredient list. Do not look at the tr- at the nutrition facts panel because unfortunately a food manufacturer can state zero grams of trans fats and still have some in the ingredient list. So just go right to the ingredient list and double check any bread that you're buying. And the words Cara mentioned earlier in the show that you're looking for are hydrogenated oil of any kind or partially hydrogenated oil of any kind. If you find that in the ingredient list, that food should go right back on the store shelf. Mm -hmm. But again, I have never seen a brand of gluten-free bread with trans fats. I just kind of, I'm sort of addicted to reading labels just to to make sure. And so if it were me, I would just quit, take the extra 30 seconds to flip the package over, scan through the ingredients. Then, you know, for sure. Exactly. Give you yourself some peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on that note, I just, I don't know if this is bragging or not, but I just want to say that for the past 20 years at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have been warning people about the dangers of trans fats. We've been warning about the fact that it is connected to heart disease. Finally, things have caught up with us. And as we talked about earlier, the government is putting a ban on trans fats in this country But just think about it. Think about how many years in the past you maybe were eating margarine. Margarine can cause heart disease. 
And a lot of the longtime listeners understand the connection with food and asthma. But again, I just want everybody to stop and connect the dots. And I find it really interesting to think that biochemically, lung tissue needs saturated fat. Saturated fat like we find in butter, in full-fat milk, in full-fat yogurt, in coconut oil. Our lung tissue needs that to operate the way that it's meant to. On the other hand, the man-made fats, sometimes we call them factory fats, they are actually harmful to lung tissue. It's sort of like they block the basic function of the lungs letting the oxygen in and getting the carbon dioxide out. Mm-hmm. Let's go deeper into the topic of asthma and allergies. We know asthma is one of the most common chronic diseases of childhood. In fact, over 4 million children had an asthma attack in the past year. And as I stated at the start of the show, it's getting worse every year. There's more and more asthma. So, yeah, going a bit deeper, Cara and I have both read numerous studies that we're looking at whether breastfed babies are less prone to getting asthma. And we both agree there are mixed findings. Some of these studies found fewer cases of asthma with breastfed babies, and then some studies found no fewer occurrences of asthma. But I want to talk about one big landmark study. This study involved about 250,000 babies, and it was done over the course of 30 years, And they did find a link between breastfeeding and reduced childhood asthma rates. If you're interested in looking this up and reading more about it, if you're science nerds like Cara and I, (laughs) this research was from the University of Bern in Switzerland. And the researchers reviewed studies examining breastfeeding and the risk of asthma in children from just the general population. Mm -hmm. So again, this study was looking at 250,000 children And the conclusion was that breastfeeding was associated with a 19% less chance of a child getting asthma. The research research suggests that breastfeeding protects against development of childhood asthma. And a 19% less chance. I think that's, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. significant. So if this research is accurate, the, the place that my mind goes is, okay, why? Why would breastfeeding help to reduce the risk of childhood asthma. And what I'm thinking is it's probably because breast milk contains a probiotic or a good bacteria called bifidobacteria. And so wanting to know more, I continued to read some research and I found another study from Finland. And this particular study found that giving probiotics like bifidobacteria, for example, in babies or toddlers delayed or sometimes prevented the onset of asthma. And on the flip side of that, antibiotics given to kids in the first year of life actually increased Hmm. the risk of developing asthma. Oh, I would love to talk more about that. I know we just have about a minute left. So I'm just going to try to kind of sum up what we've talked about so far. And we do realize the research on asthma has mixed results, but There are some takeaways that you can use to protect you or your child against asthma symptoms. Try eating vegetables and fruits as your carbohydrates and just reducing those grains. Limit or get rid of processed foods. Instead of the margarines and the spreads, choose saturated fats like butter, coconut oil, and palm oil. And you really need to be avoiding all trans fats in fast food, Um, 
commercial baked goods, pizza, muffins. So read those ingredient like lists, right? And yeah, avoid always, the trans fats. Always read ingredients. And as a parent, I always have my daughter take bifidobacteria. I actually have her take it every day. And I've been doing that since she was an infant. It not only supports digestion and overall immune function, but it can really reduce asthma symptoms. Absolutely. And as you know, our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. Yes, it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for tuning in and have a healthy day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.